Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. I uh, hope everyone's having a good start to their day. Uh, my name is Isaiah Jones. I uh, work at UTA in our New York office. I am in our comedy and live touring group. Um, I have the pleasure today to introduce uh, Nicole Lynn, one of our colleagues here at UTA. Um, I think some of you probably are probably very uh, familiar with um, you know, her amazing success. But um, you know, for those of you who are not, I'm going to run through a couple of things and then click, kick it over to uh, Cliff to uh, introduce EYL. Uh, Nicole is a proud graduate of the University of Oklahoma with a bachelor's degree in business management and doctor of law with honors. She has tackled Wall Street as a financial analyst and obtained both her Series 7 and Series 63 certifications. In 2015, Nicole made one of the biggest touchdowns of her career thus far, becoming the first female agent to represent top NFL agency Players Rep. In 2017, Players Rep was acquired by Young Money, APAA sports agency owned by world-renowned rapper Lil Wayne, who I'm sure we all know. In 2021, Nicole elevated her career and joined the team at Clutch Sports Group as their new president of football operations. Uh, Nicole's incredible business savvy and strong will to succeed has led her to become one of the youngest female sports agents in the industry, signing her first client at only 26. Her extensive client list includes NFL players with the Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders, Washington Commanders, and uh, an SB-nominated softball star and a ballerina from the famous American Ballet Theater. Uh, we are extremely excited to have her here with us, and I'm going to kick it over to Cliff. Hello, 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 everyone. Uh, happy Tuesday to everybody. So I'm, I'm more than honored to introduce these, these two illustrious uh, gentlemen, the hosts of the, of the infamous and the illustrious Earn Your Leisure podcast. These fellas have two of the top 10 uh, finance and business podcasts out with Earn Your Leisure and Market Mondays. Uh, 
They also have like their new show, Assets Over Liabilities, that came out. Please go check that out. They're also proud members of the Beard Gang, as you all can see. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, they are probably one of the most exciting clients that we have to date on the bleeding edge of culture, finance, business, and sports. So we're extremely excited to introduce the men, the myth, and the legends, uh, Troy Millings and Rashad Bilal. Thank you for having us, brother. E EYL Cliff, we appreciate that. Appreciate that. Much <laughs> <laughs> love, much love. So from here, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys uh, take it over and allow you all to have the conversation. Uh, after this, uh, we'll also have some live Q&As that I'll be able to feed to you guys. Nah, appreciate for sure, it. For sure, appreciate hey, this. What's up to Isaiah, man? I appreciate you getting the Washington team right, man. That's my team, so appreciate you. <laughs> Nicole, first and foremost, it's an honor. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. How's it going? Good, good. You know, it's so crazy. Um, we have posted you on our platform at the beginning, like three years ago. Like when we first started Instagram, you were one of the first stories that we posted um, mm -hmm. about the Young Money thing. And um, we actually tried to get you on the podcast then. Like three years ago, gonna <laughs> be tougher now. Obviously, no <laughs> obviously. Look, we're here. We're here. We're yeah, yeah. Three years later, like nothing happens before it's time. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, you know, big fans of what you you got going on. So first and foremost, thank you for joining us, and congratulations on all your success. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess we could just jump right into it. So um, people might not be fully aware of your journey. I know they, you know just kind of gave some background, but. It's interesting because you come from a finance background from Wall Street, talking about Series 7 and different things. And that's like in our world. Um, so how did you transition from working on Wall Street, being in finance to, you know, being an NFL agent and now being, you know, the head of the, the football division at, at Clutch? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I always knew that I wanted to work with athletes. I didn't exactly know that it was called a sports agent, but I knew the capacity that I wanted to work with them. And so I thought that it was a financial advisor. And so I moved to New York City. I worked at this big company called Morgan Stanley. I was actually doing investment banking at the time, but wanted to flip to the financial advisor side. And so I met with the financial advisor, kind of told him what I was interested in. And he's like, you want to be an agent? He's like, you don't want to be a financial advisor. You know? <laughs> so I was like, really, what does an agent do? And so he's explaining to me exactly what that is. And once I realized I was in kind of the wrong field, I went and applied to take the LSAT probably within like a week and then applied to law school. Like it was, you know, really quick in order to be an NFL agent, you have to have a postgraduate degree. So either a law degree or a master's degree. So that's why I ended up going to law school and went to law school, graduated there in two and a half years, spent about six, uh, about eight months at the NFL players association before I got certified, got certified. And then I started this dual career as an attorney and a sports agent. So I worked at the number three ranked law firm in the world, huge international law firm. And then I also worked at Players Rep, which became Young Money Sports kind of at the same time. So I was moonlighting as an agent for about six to seven years before I joined Clutch. Do Dr. Lynn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, most, most people, I mean, especially from our generation, when we thought agents, you know, people, we watched Jerry Maguire, and we're like, ah, right, that sounds all right. But what is the actual role of, a, of, of an agent? All right. Because like most people think like that's the person that gets to meet the athlete and hang out on the sideline. And 
when it's time to do a deal, like, oh, they'll come around. But what, what is it, uh, the actual role of the agent? So the actual role, my, my job description is that I negotiate the contract for the player on behalf of the player with the team. Like that is the box. That is really all my job is. Now from a day-to-day, it doesn't look just like that. That may be what the job description reads, but it's really me wearing a bunch of hats. So I'm a personal assistant, I'm a travel agent, I'm a friend, a mentor. You know, it could be anything from planning a vacation for an athlete, negotiating an endorsement deal, to being a therapist and talking about mental health. Like really you're kind of the glue for the player. So it's 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 an everyday thing. So when I'm repping a player, I'm talking to them at least once a day about any and everything. So we interviewed Bobby Wagner. Yes. Um, great guy. And we know really? a few other few other players in the league we know a lot of players in the league actually so what's interesting about him is that he does not have an agent he represents himself and that's something that's kind of become a little bit more popular um nowadays especially with contracts kind of being set already it's not really a lot of negotiation correct me if i'm wrong um so how do you feel about that players representing themselves and you do you think that that is a trend that will continue so kind of to your point about contracts being lockstep, that's only in the rookie deal. So veteran deals are not lockstep. You very much have to negotiate everything from the money to the language um, to the payout. It takes a skill set. There are a few players that represent themselves, but I would say it's not a trend yet. I mean, I could name maybe four out of 2000 players. So we, we hear the big names. So it makes us think that it's pretty common, but it's, it's still not very common. For me, if a player is able to, right, and they've got the knowledge and the experience to negotiate their own deal, totally do it. You know, I want you to feel empowered. I personally, if I need surgery, I'm not doing my own surgery. I'm going to a doctor, but that's just me. You know, some people like to Google Google their symptoms. I like to go to the doctor. So I think it's similar to that. Um, You know, I, there's Bobby did a great job with his deal. Phenomenal job. But that is not always the case, unfortunately. You know, we've seen some deals that have been negotiated by non-agents, non-attorneys, and they just you know, are not up to par with the market. So if you can do it, great. You know, I just, what we're paid is such a fraction. You know, I, I pay people what they're worth and their the expertise I think is, is worth it. Was the commission got cut recently? It's like 2% now, something like that? No, it's three. It's three. three 3%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was higher than that previously, right? It's it's always been three, but they're able to negotiate it down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so we're in a, a Black History Month, and when we talk about history, obviously, you have Black, Black Future Black month. Future Month as well. Shout out to yeah, because yeah, we, we <laughs> shout out to yeah. That's right, Black Future <laughs> Month, and let, let's talk about the future, especially for females in sports. Right, we don't really see females as yeah. agents, and we're starting to see it now in some in the training and coaching, but haven't seen many female agents, specifically Black female agents. So, what has that journey been like for you? Some you know trials and, and tribulations that you've had to face as a Black female in this industry. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. It's definitely gotten to a point now where people are used to seeing me in the rooms and there's not that wow factor, but early on, um, it was really tough. You know, I think the first half that made it difficult was recruiting. I go into a player's room and I'm talking to dad and dad is quizzing me on, on the game of football, like, (laughs) you know, charging me up. The other aspect of it, I signed my first client at 26. The first player I ever signed was a veteran player who was 25 and so these are my peers, you know, I'm finally aging out of the locker room, praise God. Uh, <laughs> but my age was bigger of, of an issue than my gender and my race. You know, I think being young was such a, a trial and tribulation for me. So there's that half of it. And then the second half is dealing with the NFL and being taken serious by the general managers and the scouts and salary cap people. 
And that took a while. You know, I tell women all the time that excellence is your greatest currency, right? So if you are excellent in everything you do, there will be no one that can question. And so for me, I always work harder than my peers. You know, I'm, I'm trying to show up excellent every single day. I want to make it tough for them to say anything about Nicole Lynn. So let me ask you this, because I think there's a lot of college students on this. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into like the education. Um, what are the steps to become an NFL agent? Can you just kind of walk sure. us through like step-by-step process? So graduating from college is a requirement. So MBA is different. This is just NFL. Graduating from college, getting some type of postgraduate degree. So that can be a master's degree. You know, you can go get an online one-year master's degree, or you can go to law school. You do not have to go to law school to be an agent. I get that question all the time. Do I think it was valuable? Yes. Would I have done it again? Yes, but it's not necessary. Passing whatever master's or or JD program you're in, and then you've got to sit for the NFLPA exam. That exam is offered only once a year in July for two days. And you have to apply for that exam in January. So you apply in January, you spend like $3,000 to apply. They do this big background check on you, all these references. They're going to do a credit check to make sure you don't have too much debt. I mean, it's a whole thing. And then you sit for the exam in July. The test results come out around October. This year, only 35% of people that took the exam passed. So it's a very low pass rate. Um, And then you're registered. And then every year that you are an agent, you have to pay NFLPA dues, which are around 2,500. You have to pay NFLPA insurance, which is another 1,500. So it's five grand, five grand, no players, just to say you're an agent. Mm -hmm. You have to pay a fee in every single state you, you recruit in. So in Texas, it's 500. In Alabama, I think it's 1,000. You have to get a surety bond in every single state you recruit in. So that's another 1,000 bucks per state. So if I recruit in five, 10 states, I mean, easily, we're talking $25,000 a year to be an agent and not have a client. So when people ask me what's the big, biggest barrier to entry, it's money. People that are agents have money, you know, or they had an investor, which is why I worked this law job for seven years because I didn't have no money. <laughs> 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 but that's kind of the, the steps. No, that's good information. Yeah, but then, so also to follow up from that. Okay. So say somebody wants to, they, they can do that financially. They pass, sure. uh, they pass it, but they still don't have any clients. So the next step I would assume would be to try to work with an agent to try to get hired by an agency, or do you see people doing it independently and just trying to just get clients on their own? Most young agents are on their own. So I know that we see the big clutch CAAs of the world. Those are few, far in between. There's 900 certified agents. I'd say 800 of them are on their own or in small little agents with a couple of groups, like small little groups of agents. Most are not at big agencies. So most are going to be on their own. Yeah. So what, what led you to the process of choosing uh, players rep? Um, Cause I mean, at that point, uh, I mean, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Wayne fan, by the way. But at that point, uh, were you trying to find an uh, agency that says, you know what, they're going to value me? Or what was that process like for you? Oh, I mean, they were the only ones that answered the phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably called 100 agents, tried to get a job with everyone in the business. No one returned my call. The guy that ended up giving, my, giving me my shot was named uh, Ken Sarnoff. He worked at Players Rep. He repped a bunch of players from OU, and I went to OU. And I was friends with a lot of these guys. And so I kind of leveraged it and was like, hey, I know all your clients. Can you give me 10 minutes? And we got on a call and he just told me, hey, this is a very terrible business. It's so hard to get in. And you're a woman and you're a black woman. Like he basically was trying to talk me out of it, mm-hmm. which I, I get it now that I'm on this side. I totally get it. And he said, I get this call twice a week. Why are you different? 
He's like, what, what makes you stand out? Why would I give you a shot? I got hundred kids that call me every day. And he's like, if you could get me a meeting with, let's say LaRaven Clark, and this is a kid at the time that was like this top offensive lineman. He's like, okay, sure. I hear you out. Like he just named a person. And so I ended up actually getting him that meeting the next day. And then he hired me. So it was one of those weird, just God moments. You know, you you never know who, you know, it's it's actually, you know, you bring up a very valid point and especially for all of the college students that are listening, because um, a lot of people like ask for internships or mentorships, but they go about it the wrong way. Um, They go about it more so like um, you can help me, but that's more of a charity thing and you can only do so much charity, but if you can actually add value to a person. And it's like, I, like how you introduced him to somebody that he was looking now, that's the actual value add. You don't even have to have money to have some level of value that you can bring. Um, so talk about that because like I said, I know that you know, a lot of people probably hit you up all the time. Like, can I intern for you? Can I work for, under you? Can I introduce me to this person, that person? Like talk about how it is important to add value first when looking to be a part of something. I 100% agree. I wrote a book and I have a whole chapter on this as, a, as being a value add when it comes to this mentor question. You know, I do have guys and women reach out to me all the time and say, can, I, can you mentor me? And like you said, it, that's charity. And although I do find in my heart to help as many as I can, it, it's tough to filter through who do you choose? And so when you're looking to find a mentor, you definitely want to see if there's something you can do for them you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be money, but maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a connection. Maybe it's just taking stuff off their plate. You know, Hey, can I be your assistant for free for a month? Let me organize your emails. You know, I noticed that when you posted a screenshot of your phone, you 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 had a lot of messages that were unread. Let me go through your messages. Let me organize something for you, whatever that may be something that sets you apart. You know, it's gotta be a mutually beneficial relationship unless you know the person. Yeah. You, you said that, uh, when you made the phone call, uh, you know, the gentleman was trying to discourage you from yeah. taking it and you understood it now being on this side. Oh my gosh. So, so <laughs> can we, can we dive into that a little bit? Like what are the yeah. things that you, that you were seeing that, you know, like, Oh, I get it. Maybe he was trying to protect me, but I'm going to go with my intuition and my gut. And this is my passion. So what were the things were you seeing? I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is that there are a lot of ways to work with athletes and a lot of ways to change the lives of athletes without being an agent. And so when I meet with people and they say they want to be an agent, I want to know that you can't sleep at night unless you're an agent. If not, you can work for a team and do some of the similar things that I do without the risk, right? And without the the work that is involved. We talked about the money part. It cost a ton of money. You know, we didn't even get into how much it costs to sign a player. You know, it could cost $25,000 to $100,000 to sign a player. And God forbid he goes undrafted. You don't get your money back. So it's almost like gambling or, you know, you're in, you're investing just like investments. It can hit or, or it may not. And so the amount of money you have to put in and the level of risk that it takes is not always worth it. You're never mm. off. I'm always on, right? I never have a day off. My phone is always buzzing. If somebody calls me at two in the morning, I take the call. I don't get to take planned vacations. There's never a day I can just go out the country and plan it in advance. Like that's not the case. So I just, I want to make sure that people know there's other jobs where you can work with athletes. So you don't have to have all the, the bad stuff. You know, you can be a publicist. You can work for a team. You can work for the players association. All of those impact athletes every single day in a similar way that I get to do. Yeah, that, that, see, people didn't see that, that, that side of it. So, I mean, that, that's good to know. Now you said that it's, it's hit or miss. And so a lot of times people will focus on getting that first round pick, getting that first round pick. I'm assuming because of the guaranteed contract that comes with it. What, what was that process like for you? Cause I, I know you secured a, a top three pick. So what was that process like? 
Yeah. I mean, of course we all want first round picks, but there's only 32 of them and there's 900 certified agents and you're competing against Tom Brady's agent and Aaron Rodgers agent, you know? And so it's, I would love to have millions of first round picks, but they're very, very hard to get. And so when I started off in my career, I had to go after the guys that I knew would go undrafted, but they can maybe make a team. Mm -hmm. So it's like finding the gyms, the guys that were like great players, but went under the radar and I could get them a shot. As far as getting like a top five, top 10 pick, I've had three top 10 picks now. And, you know, it's, it's been nothing but favor. (laughs) You know, I would love to say that I worked harder than everybody else or smarter than everybody else, but there is an ounce of like favor or luck or God or whatever you want to call it that goes into some of these moments. And people don't like to talk about it. They want to look like they just worked their butt off and that was it. And I'm like, nah, it was God. (laughs) My situation (laughs) with getting my top three pick was the kid saw something different in me and wanted to make history and wanted to sign a woman so that he could help change the trajectory for women. He did not say, Nicole, you are the the smartest person I've ever met. You work harder than everybody else. I can't take that credit. Like a lot of it was just favor. Yes. I work very hard and I, I think I'm smart, (laughs) but there's that aspect. And so that's tough. I can't teach that part, you know? God's plan. God's plan. Um, Absolutely. You said, so you said something about, a hundred thousand just to even sign a, a athlete. Can you talk about that? Can you go into like what you actually mean by that? Of course. So you sign a player in January. That's when their season is over and they can eligible, you know, legally sign with you from January to March 1st, they train for the combine. The combine is a place where they go and they test, see who runs the fastest, who jumps the highest, all of that. During those eight weeks before the combine, they've got to prepare. And so you send your guy to a training facility to prepare, to run fast and jump high. And those training facilities, you got to pay for the facility. You got to pay for their rental car for eight weeks. You got to pay for their food, chef, nutritionist, and you got to give them some spending money to live on. Depending on the player, you're you're not spending less than, I'd say now probably 35K. Like seventh round pick, still around 35K. And then the stipend is bigger depending on the higher rank of the player. So you could end up spending $100,000 on a client. And if they don't make it or they go lower in the draft, you know, this is not a loan. This is you just saying, I'm investing in you. And then hopefully you make it back. You yeah, may or may not. I, I used to go to IMG Academy. So um, when I was at IMG, I was I was in high school, but uh, all of the NFL guys was coming to actually train. So like Byron Leftridge and Eli Manning and all of these guys were down there. And um, it was just, and it was cool to see like, you know, the, the NFL, they were training at the going to the combine at that point in time. So I got to see firsthand what you're actually explaining. Um, but then also talk about what if somebody decides to, to go with somebody else? Yeah, I mean, it happens. How's, how's that? Like, there's not, like, they can, there's nothing to stop them from changing their mind at the last minute, right? Mm, happens all the time. Or changing their mind when they get into their career after you spend all this money. 300 NFL agents per year switch agents. 300, that's the statistic. There's not a lot of loyalty in our business. That's the other part that makes it really difficult. Mm. So every year, 300 are changing their agents. And I've gotten the benefit of that because I have a lot of veteran guys that have switched over to me that maybe went to bigger agents and didn't get the individual attention. Um, but, you know, you put all the money and you put all the time, like you said, and then you could lose out on the player at any point in their career, right before they're up for their big second contract that you work so hard for, right before they're getting drafted, right after the draft. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's emotionally taxing and your life, your mortgage getting paid, your car note getting paid is contingent on how a 22 year old feels about you that day when they wake up. 
do you know the level of anxiety that you have? Like <laughs> the women out there, if you've ever been ghosted, you, that is nothing <laughs> compared to no, getting. Oh no, ghosted. not after Valentine's Day. No, <laughs> I know. Let me let me let me ghosted on Valentine's, ghosted, all Valentine's Day. Get ghosted Guys. by recruits all the time. It's like you're recruiting a kid for two years, and then all of a sudden they stop texting back, and it's like, what happened? You know. So it's the story of my life is getting ghosted. Yeah, so you said you, you you get players in January. Obviously, that's after the college season ends. But I'm wondering now with the NIL rules that are in place, like how that affects your business, right? Because now, I mean, you got kids, and uh, we we spent some time this weekend with some of the guys that are you know play for some of the Southern California teams that are making six figures, and it's like, all right, well, this is different now. So what's the, what has NIL done for you, your profession? The hard part with NIL is that you know players can sign as freshmen, and so I think for us, it's it's. As agents, generally, I think we're all trying to decide, do we want to get heavy in the business? Do we want to stand back? You know, the benefit of getting in is that maybe you build this relationship with this kid and then you get him for the draft. But the likelihood of that happening is slim. It's already hard to keep clients as it is, you know, hearing that statistic of 300 guys switching a year, signing a guy at 18 as a freshman and making sure you've kept him happy for four years before the draft. It's, it's dangerous. You know, I recruit a kid for six months and I'm in too long. You know, I came in too early. Now the new shiny toy comes and I lose mm-hmm. four years. Uh, I mean, that's tough. So, but, but there are some guys that are loyal and if you get in early and then they become the number one pick, you're happy you did. So it's, it's really this tough decision. Um, there's also, you know, a lot of guys that won't get as much NIL money as they think, like our linemen, defensive players, and then you sign them and they blame it on you. No, I mean, I didn't get any marketing. My agent's not doing nothing. It's like, no, you're an offensive lineman. <laughs> oh, <you laughs> they don't not- make shoes for offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, it can be a little bit difficult yeah. and you don't want to take the blame. You don't want to lose a client and it be on you that you lost them. How, well, how do you feel about the rule in general as far as the, uh, it's been something that's been, you know, talked about for a long period of time yeah. for athletes. They're still not actually getting paid from their universities, exactly. but you know, at least they're, being, they're, they're getting some endorsement deals. So, how do you how do you feel about it and how do you feel it will impact um, college sports? I think it was an easy way out for the NCAA. This is like you said, it's not pay for play. I think that's the bigger, bigger issue is that they're literally playing for free when they should be being paid by the NCAA. So that's a separate issue that still needs to be tackled. I'm excited the guys are able to benefit off their likeness. There's so many question marks though. Like, you know, I have to remind players, you got to pay taxes on that money. Right. And they don't know they get this hundred thousand dollar check and they it, they don't take taxes out like W-2 income. It's 1099. They've got to pay it. They need to have LLCs. They may need to have lawyers. I've seen guys getting caught up in contracts with exclusivity provisions and now they can't sign anything else the rest of their college career because of this contract they signed. So it needs to be policed in a way that protects the players. And it's just not not yet. Mm-hmm. So right now you're, you're the, the president of football operations at Clutch. What is what is that? What is your role? At clutch and you know on a day-to-day what does that look like right are you still hand-to-hand with the clients or do you have a team under you now that works and they do some of some of the the heavy work that you used to do yeah so i you know i represent about 21 nfl players personally we have i think 75 or so at clutch and so i still am day-to-day with my guys we do have a team of people like client services reps uh, marketing people that work with our players too that takes a little bit of the burden off of me um, but as president of football ops it's more of just a big picture right? It's more of me saying, not just my 21 players, but 75 guys, you know, how are we operating as a group, whether that's going to the senior bowl or going to the combine or making sure that they're set up for their off season training. It's more of that logistics for everyone. 
um, and just kind of helping lead the division with my partner, Bilbo. So uh, I forget what the exact number is, but it's something like 70% of NFL players file for bankruptcy five years after they get finished playing, something like that. Yep. Um, okay, so now that you are in a position to you know influence and affect a lot of people how do how do you change that statistic because it you would assume that you know it would decrease as people make more money but it really hasn't changed even though in salaries increase it's still kind of the same rate of people mismanaging their money so mm -hmm. what a what is what what is the core reasons for this and what are what are some ways you think that you could possibly change that yeah so I will say one of the biggest lessons I learned getting into this business, because part of why I got in was guys gone broke. Me watching guys go from rags to riches to rags. That was why I wanted to get in. And that's why I went to finance thinking, okay, I'm going to be their financial advisor. And so when I got in, I'm like, no guys going broke under my watch. Like I'm going to be on it. And I learned that you can only protect a player so much. I had a player literally go broke. Me, Nicole Lynn, who is so hands-on, and the only reason why I got in this business was for that, and I watched this player go broke. And there is only so much I could do. These are grown men with their own money, and it was such a hard pill, pill to swallow to know that no matter what you do or what you say, there are certain guys that will slip through the cracks. You know, so my goal is just, if I can help majority, as long as they have the resources, I mean, they've still got to take it. I'd say the main reason why they caught some of the guys go broke is family members. You know, they're paying for everybody and the mama. And then it's little things like living up to certain standards that the NFL has, like away games. The guys wear these suits, right? They all get these suits for eight games a week, and they spend 60 grand on suits that they only can wear once because that's the rule. Little stupid stuff like that, you know, statistics show that some of those little things are part of the reason why guys go broke. It's like stuff that just, it's literally throwing away money. So we shouldn't wear the Cartier glasses. <laughs> that's an investment that's an investment yeah so I, i'm wondering now because obviously you know crypto is, is you know an asset class a new one for for this generation and a lot of the high profile athletes have been taking portions of their salary in crypto so well, you know what happens when you know one of your clients says hey i want to explore this route do, what, what do you advise at this point right we saw odell caught a lot of flashback and people didn't really understand the terms of it but like, what do, you, what do you say to a client that says, hey, I, I want to explore this route too? You know, I think that's really for their financial advisor. I try to make sure that there's boundaries. You know, I don't manage a person's money. All my goal is to educate them on big picture, like the thought process of money. You know, similar to me, a lot of the guys I work with grew up broke. And so our thought process and the way we view money is really skewed. So I'm there for that part, but I want to make sure that they have the right people and the experts around them. So I ask them to go to their financial advisor make sure that they know what they're getting into before they do it. Can't just go with what the trend is. You gotta be able to explain to me, hey, this is what crypto is, Nicole, and here's why it's important. And here's why I wanna do it. If you can't talk it back to me, then you don't get it. And if you don't get it, your money shouldn't be in it. Have any, have any of Clutch athletes taken salary in Bitcoin or axed or considered Not on it? the football side. No, not on the football side. Mm -mm. Okay. There's not a lot of guys in football generally that I've seen like three or four. Yeah, I know Odell. It's the same. It's just like yeah. getting paid and then you go put your money. I think it's more of a PR moment if I'm keeping it real. It's like you could just go get your check and buy your own Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that's what I, when I was referring to, people don't really understand the terms of the deal. So like when you see Odell do it or we saw uh, 
Aaron Rodgers take portion of it. There must be a part of that deal where they're like, hey, if you say this, then well, it was sponsored by Cash App. Exactly. So it's rumors that Cash App actually paid paid a million paid dollars up front, more yeah. money than they actually received. Yeah. So you know, oh, okay. so more of a marketing deal involved. Exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, you recently wrote a book, right? I did. I did. Agent, you? Yeah. Can you talk about that? <laughs> Absolutely. So you know, the book is really a self help book. It's not a memoir. There's pieces of my life, um, whether it's like growing up or kind of working in the industry. Like, there's definitely some stories in there, but it's mostly about how to become your own agent. It's not about how to get into sports. You know, I, I feel like if you're not walking in your purpose, you're just working and living to die. And so I want the younger generation to really figure out what their purpose is, how to be successful in that purpose, you know, and how to really just navigate life. And so that's what, what agent use about. So it's everything from like how to take the jump to chase your dream to self-care. Back like we never left. Where were we? (laughs) Right. Where were we? We were here. Exactly. Let's talk about this. I went and got the book while I was you. you. Um, So yeah, you can buy this book anywhere. Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. I believe that it will change your life. Like I said, it's not a memoir. It is a self-help book and I, and there's action items in it and I've been working on it. I worked on it for years. So I believe it'll, I believe it'll change your life. And it's not necessarily for somebody that wants to get into the, the field of being an agent. You said it's more for an for people to advocate for themselves, right? So when you were coming up with the idea for the book and the concept for the book, were you thinking about the the young men and women that were, you know, trying to tra- trailblaze in different areas of business and finance or entrepreneurs? Yeah, I mean, it's, all I can think about is, you know, people getting a seat at the table, whatever in their respective industries, how to get a seat at the table, people that look like us don't always have that opportunity. So what, what is it? What was the X factor for me that can apply to anybody in sports and finance? You know, if you're an entrepreneur, that that's the same thing that I did that others can do. And I really wanted to give the blueprint because people ask me all the time, how'd you do it? And it's not about getting to sports, but how did you reach your dream job? And I'm like, you can do it too. Like, so I just want to give away the secret sauce. So get your, get your dream job, get your book. There you have it. Hey, so I think, <laughs> I think we have a few more minutes before we wrap. So I just wanted to sure. ask you some, some questions. Um, you know, being around what is what is a common denominator? Because like I said, I'm sure there's a lot of young people. So what are the common denominators that you see, whether it's high level performing athletes or being around Rich Paul or being around, you know, anybody? Like I'm sure that there's common themes that you see and um that you can give advice. For, for people to actually apply and, and to become successful? One, obviously, is work ethic. You know, I feel like that's super cliche, but the best of the best work harder than their peers, you know, point blank period. People think they're working hard until you're sitting next to Rich Paul, and then you're like, oh, am I working hard? <laughs> and it's similar to me. You think you're working hard until you really met me, and it's like, it, it makes you want to level up. I think the second we talked about is excellence, doing and trying to be excellent in everything you do. Whether it's a small meeting, making sure you're on time, making sure you have the notes, you know, or making sure that you have more information than everyone else. So like when I'm going in to meet a player, I'm going to know every stat. I'm going to know the kid's birthday. I'm going to know what elementary school he went to. I I am going to be excellent at everything I do. And then I think third is people that have really reached this caliber of success are comfortable with losing. And I talk about that in my book. It's like someone that is okay with getting the no. 
you know, they don't fall down and, you know, slump and get depressed and say, Hey, this I'm giving up. It's like, no, they're comfortable with losing. They're comfortable with the no. It motivates them to keep going. Mm, powerful. So I, I know you represent obviously NFL um, players and just other areas of, of talent that you represent. Did you ever think of any other professional leagues or, you, you know, I'm just, football is my thing. kind of been my, my dream job. I want to stay here, dominate this, or are we thinking about expanding NHL, NBA, M MLB? So I'm actually certified in the NBA as well. You know, I, you know, I hate, get, I'm not trying to get all spiritual, but you know, I felt like God told me to get certified. I don't recruit in the NBA. I just feel like I'm supposed to have it for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. So maybe on the next podcast in a year or two, it'll, it'll all reveal itself, but I am certified in the NBA. And then I represent some pro softball players. So I've had three number one overall picks in the softball realm, which yes, there is a pro softball league and I actually represent them for free. And so really for me, my way to get back to women's sports and really find that, you know, try to find that way to have parity in men and women's sports is by making sure that they have an advocate, they have an agent. A lot of them don't. And most of the reason is because they can't afford it. And mm -hmm. so I, I do that for them for, for no charge. Being, so being um, certified in the NBA, does that also qualify you for the WNBA as well? Uh, I think technically, I don't think there's a certification for the WNBA. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that there is. So what's next um, for you? You started off as, and there goes Cliff. <laughs> I, had, I, had, I, had, I had a couple questions too. I have to read out some of the Q and A's that we had coming okay. in. Um, so that means we're done. Yeah, Come no, on, yeah, Cliff. Yeah, 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 EYL Cliff is hopping in now. All right. Thanks, EYL Cliff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Jalen had a question uh, and was asking, what would you tell your uh, what was it that you were telling yourself while you were working in undergrad, you know, and what that process looked like? Like to motivate myself? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, my upbringing was a little rough. And so I think I was very much driven by not going back. You know, it was always like, you are not about to be broke again. <laughs> so I think there was a little bit of fear, like driven by fear, which is not something I'm proud to say, but, you know, I just, I, I didn't have a plan B. It was either I was going to be successful or I was going to be screwed. You know, I had to take care of family. And so I think it was more just me motivating myself that you don't ever want to go back to where you, where you started. And, you know, people will ask me the question, oh, could you have ever imagined this being your life 15 years ago? I'm like, yeah, I could. <laughs> I mean, I just always, and I hope that you feel the same way about yourself and have that level of confidence, but I always knew it was never a question. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a work for athletes. Like, I said it so confident, like probably Jay-Z did 30 years ago saying he's going to be a rapper. Like it was the same way, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be a rapper. What, what else? <laughs> so, so yeah. Perfect. And, uh, I'm, this question is for all of you all, uh, for, for Nicole, Rashad, Android, and it's, uh, I think it's very important because I think as any of like the students are starting to work their way up and understanding like the pressures that that is going to take in and learn how to live with that uncomfortability is also important to, you know, mental health and self-care. So for, for, you know, for all of you, um, what is it that they were asking what you did to make sure that you're, you know, working on self-care. So if there's anything that you all could offer as like nuggets uh, for, for how you, you know, maintain that equilibrium, I think that'd be useful for everyone. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I, I, balance is a tough word, especially in our space. Um, just because of a level of commitment and sacrifices that you have to make, but I guess set, setting limits. Um, and so I, like for me personally, it, like even having people having access to me, 
um, I cut off at a certain point during my day just because I know that there's a family that's counting on me first and foremost, right? I'm still a husband, I'm still a father, um, I'm still a son and a brother and an uncle to, to a family. And so I have limits into what I allow access. Um, so trying to create those type of things in my life helps with, I guess, the, the imbalance that persists. Um, so that would be one thing just to keep sanity. And, and they keep you grounded too, right? Like I never get, they always like, you guys are so humble when they, we meet you. It's like, I'm like, yeah, I, I got like seven people that live around me that could care less what I'm doing, right? They're like, yo, change, like, did you take out the garbage? Like, can you help me on my iPad? Like yeah. they could care less about somebody's portfolio that you're helping. Like these people keep you grounded. And so that that helps with the, you know, I guess kind of the, the imbalance of life that we kind of live right now. What about you, Rashad? I know we talked about uh, yoga and Pilates this past week. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done either in a very long time. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's difficult. I think, um, you know, Shannon Sharp had a great post where, I mean, of course we can kind of romanticize it and say like, you know, yeah, you can have it all. You could be balanced. And I'm sure some people can, but it's definitely not a balanced life that we we're living right now. Like we travel all the time. Like it's not, it's not a normal, we're not living a normal life. And, but that's the sacrifice that you have to make if you want to be great and the people around you have to accept that. And, um, you know, I wish I could say something a little bit more gentle like how he just said it but you know right now I feel like you know you could either be great or you could be normal and there's nothing wrong with either one but if you choose to be great there's going to be certain sacrifices that's going to be made and certain people are going to suffer from that yeah. but while you have time you should make the time so like whenever I'm in town I always make the time you know go to my son's basketball games and be around my family because that's important to me but there's a lot of games that I can't make you know, it's just, it is what it is. Like if we travel and if we're in a different country, I can't make that game. And, you know, other parents can make that game. So that's a sacrifice that he's going to be in a different financial space than I was at his age. And he's going to be able to do different things. So what's more important. And I think for everybody that's in college, that's listening, like, you know, you have to make that decision too early, whether that's, you know, it's going to affect your relationship. It's going to affect, you know, the people that you're around. Like these are things that, it's not really pretty to talk about, but it's a reality. So just know that when you trying to, you know, reach the level of success that you think that you want to achieve, there's always a trade-off for everything in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, it's just letting go of busy, being busy as a status symbol, even for myself, you know, and I'm not great with self-care at all. So it's something that I struggle with. You know, my goal is just to work smart and not hard, you know, doing things that are efficient, and I don't always do that. I'm, I'm a check, a, you know, check the box type person, do all the things type person when a lot of it's wasting time. So I, I really want to get better at being like, let's work smart and not hard, but I have nothing else on self-care. I'm the worst. <laughs> I'll be giving advice on that. Pilates. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very um, and uh, so I, th I think we're, we're, we're wrapping up on time here. Um, so I want to just thank you guys a ton for, for coming out here. Um, I personally appreciate it. This is, a, this is surreal for me, just personally. And um, I think that everyone's taking like a bunch of, you know, excellent nuggets. Nicole, thank you so much. Uh, Rashad and Troy, we really appreciate you guys. Um, every, each one of you, myself, all had like a different path for us to even get, you know, onto this type of Zoom and, you know, get into this type of like environment. And for other people that look like us to see us here, you know, it's kind of, it's a great moment to timestamp. So I just want to say, I appreciate you all. Appreciate you.
Appreciate it. I appreciate you too, man. Thank you for having us. Nicole, it was a pleasure. Doctor, Dr. Lynn, it was a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Get your book out. Took three years, but we got it done. It's worth the wait. (laughs) No no time like now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Thank you all. Appreciate it. All right. You guys have a great week. All right. All right, guys. Have a good one, y'all. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.